collaboration is not the only way to get anything done, but I think it's the only way to get anything done sustainably and repeatably. I'm guilty of this myself, that um, mindset of it's only going to get done right if, if I do it. But that's, you know, that's a one way ticket to burnout. So you have to force yourself into a collaborative mindset to get anything done. All right. Hello and welcome back, everyone. This is Ben True Boga coming to you with another This Legal Life. Today, I am sitting down with a return guest, Jacob Bourne. Jacob, welcome back to This Legal Life. How's it going? Hey, Ben. I'm good. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, so um, we were catching up, of course, off um, off off screen before recording this, and uh, personal life, professional life. But uh, it's been about six months since you and I talked. Um, you want to give the people? Uh, well, first of all, let's go through your background for those of you who didn't listen to your LMA recap where you and I first sure. met. But um, yeah, I, there's a lot been on your plate over the last couple of months. So uh, let's give a quick recap. But first, you know, who's Jacob? What's going on? And yeah, bring us up to date. What's uh, How's the last six months been in, uh, in, in Mr. Bourne's life? It's been a lot. Um, <laughs> truly, truly, it hasn't stopped. You know, last time we spoke, I think it was May, I was in New York City for this big client event. Um, and uh, since then, a lot has changed. Yeah, I, my current title is Media Relations Director at Haynes Boone. Haynes Boone is a, it's an AML 100 firm um, headquartered in Dallas. I myself am in Denver. We've got uh, 19 offices across the world. And so, you know, I'm, I'm often in a different city, you know, that's why I met you in Florida. Last time we spoke, I was in New York since then I've been in Mexico and Dallas and you name it. But, um, our, uh, at the time of the last time we spoke, our, our existing, uh, media relations director, Nathan Koppel, um, he, he was with us and, and he left uh, over the summer for a different firm. So here I am, uh, no longer media relations manager. I am now director of media relations for, for Hainspoon, which is a, a big change. We've rebuilt our, rebuilt our team, brought on a new specialist, a new comms manager. Uh, in the meantime, I, I bought a house and, uh, you know, moved and a, a lot has changed. Um, but a lot has stayed the same, you know, Hainspoon, uh, trucks on and, and so does our, our mission of, uh, creating brand awareness in the, the right areas for the firm. So, um, yeah, here we are. Yeah, here we are. Um, it's amazing. You know, sometimes it's always the case that like um, some things always absolutely this stay the same. You know, uh, the sun rises, the sun falls. Uh, law firms do legal work and they try to go out and generate new clients. Uh, but the tactics and how we're sort of positioning in the market and what we're doing in the market always changing right and it's just so fascinating at the end of the day um today we're going to be talking well first of all congratulations on the on the promotion well deserved thank you um, thank you you're going from managing work to managing people to one day managing the process that manages the people to manage the work it's all um it's all a big thing but um exciting to sort of hear uh, a little bit more about that journey but you know, today we're going to be talking about collaboration. We're going to talk about uh, collaborative culture, um, really with the idea, I think, of how, how you sort of see it and how you see collaboration uh, in 20, 2023, entering into 2024, and really even within the context of this general um, media relations environment. But before we get there, you know, tell me about media relations right now. You know, PR, the, it's, it's so much more than that. It's, it's positioning yourself in the market. It's making sure that you're reaching out to um, 
you know, media as a medium to really help develop the awareness. What's going on right now in, in media relations? What's, what's the thinking, you know, and how are you thinking about what is the point of this? What's the problem that we're solving? What's the impact that we're trying to make? Yeah. How do you, how do you think about this big old, big old thing in 2023, 2024? Yeah, you know, there's always this balance between owned media and earned media. And I think it depends what firm you work for, what specific lawyers you might be talking to at that time. And they have their own preferences, what how they want to be seen, how they what their comfort level is with self-promotion, however they may want to do this. And there's always arguments to be made for the virtues of earned media or owned media, what's more effective. And uh both are vital to this process of media relations, but um, it really, there's always a, a balance in choosing which direction you want to go, depending on a, many factors, right? And some lawyers are really interested in needing their name in lights. Um, some lawyers are more interested in, well, uh, how do I reach exactly who I want to reach with exactly the message that I want to put out there? And owned media, um, by virtue of yeah. its literal name gives you control <laughs> over everything, right? right? Earned media, you are really putting your credentials out there. You're, you're putting the, uh, you know, the fishing hook in the water. Mm -hmm. You want the right fish to bite that has the correct audience to increase your brand awareness. So one is more about control. One's more about um, let's get our name out there more broadly. Right. Yeah. And both of them certainly have their place in the grand scheme of things, but how you weigh those two things, um, it really comes down to how well, you know, your brand strategy and what are the priorities of the firm that you're working for. And you really need buy-in and speaking of collaboration, you need buy-in yeah. from the top and and people to be telling you and developing those brand priorities and strategy with you. Here's what we're trying to accomplish now here, because of that, you can weigh the scales of owned media versus uh, owned media versus earned media to yeah. try to do, you know, accomplish those goals. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. I love, I love the earned versus owned um, uh, model. It's such a good way to sort of like think about the two scales that you're always trying to balance based on, let's say, you know, the business initiatives and specifically how you want to sort of show up. Let's get, let's get beyond that. Let's just get a little tactical for a second. Still staying with this idea of, of, you know, the idea of media relationships as a lever to be pulled for accomplishing business objectives. You know, I want to ask you one thing that I heard you say is, you know, it's really still a lot about a lot about the lawyer and kind of platforming the lawyer in, in some or sense. You know, there's a there's a whole other school of thought, though, around the idea of the firm, you know, and it's this balancing between the individual law firm, uh, the individual lawyers, which you know, at the end of the day, they, they are the product in some in some sense. I, I love to say that as a, as a lawyer myself and as a former practicing lawyer, I love to call myself the product, but it's true, you know. And then there's the firm and the cohesiveness of the firm, the idea of what the firm delivers into the market, and of course, what the firm represents in the market as its place. Because that transcends but includes any individual lawyer, right? I mean, you might, you might have a firm that wants to be viewed as... I don't know, you know, the uh, the gatekeepers of the law or something, you know, while while not no individual lawyer maybe even resonates with that statement, but it's the it's the cumulative of that. 
Can you talk a little bit about how you balance the idea of the individuals versus the firm and where are, how's the, how's the scales right now in that thinking in your mind right now? Many firms are at, at this scale are full service firms mm -hmm. and many firms brand message is we're the best and we have the best lawyers. And ultimately that's not a brand differentiator, right? Every firm wants to be known as the best firm with the best lawyers and they provide all the services, whether that's litigation, IP, labor and employment, healthcare, financial services, you name it. Well, law firms are not Whole Foods. Law firms aren't Walmart. Um, when lawyers say, well, we just want to be better known in the market or the goal of the firm is to be better known. Well, better known to whom? Uh, who is your audience? Who are you trying to be known to? What are you trying to be known for? We are past, we should be past as a business, just putting a billboard up, right? Like that's, that's reserved for a certain sector of types of law firms, which you know, Haynes, Haynes Boone is not. Um, so it really, there really are ways to promote the firm versus the lawyers. You have certain firm brand messages. For example, Haynes Boone is incredibly focused on DEI, pro bono work, community service. That's a tenant of the firm. But we also have certain practice areas that we are striving to be known for. And that's where you're going to focus more on the individual lawyers who have that expertise, who are thought leaders in that way. Yeah. So, for example, a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, was the American Bar Association's Pro Bono Week. Uh -huh. So in that time, we're focusing on let's. Uh, let's think about a roundup of all our pro bono efforts for 2023. How many equivalent dollars, millions of dollars have our lawyers worked in billable hours this year towards pro bono um, activities and services? Um, and, you know, let's make sure that we have some exposure in national or legal trade media about those things. Um, or, you know, on the flip side, over the weekend, um, the head of ChatGPT loses his job, right? Uh -huh. So yesterday we have Dina Blickstein. She's a partner and co-chair of our AI practice. She's an IP lawyer. Uh -huh. uh, she was on the news, ABC7 in the Bay Area yesterday, uh, essentially as a talking head, talking about this because she is an expert in this field. It's such uh -huh. an emerging field. And uh -huh. she wasn't even really talking about legal work, right? But she's positioning herself as uh, somebody who's in the know about the field of AI and what happened um, at OpenAI uh -huh. and what's next for Microsoft, et cetera. So it's really both things. Um, <laughs> and you don't necessarily have to position one over the other. It just really depends on uh, the goal you're trying to accomplish. And those goals are really two things. Um, one is attract new clients, um, instill confidence in your existing clients. Uh -huh. um, you know, there's a the client side and then there's also the recruitment side, right? That's yeah. a huge piece of media relations is yeah. um, we want not just lawyers, but other business professionals to come work with us uh, and come enhance our business. So when we're able to show particularly things like our commitment to DEI, uh -huh. um, our commitment to pro bono work, it makes people want to come work with us. Oh, this is a great place to work. These are people I want to work with. Yeah. Great answer. Great answer. So you are, you are, watch this guy. This guy's on a, on a track. No, seriously. Very good answer. I really, really, um, very complete, very thorough. And I love a both, a both end. You know, it's never, it's never, um, it's never a binary decision. So, um, okay. For sake of time, let's, let's pivot and let's talk about 
collaboration specifically. You know, collaboration is such an interesting word, but basically what, what everybody in knowledge work today realizes is that you basically need other people to get anything done. You need people outside your team and you also need people inside your team uh, to really move the needle on anything uh, strategic. And what that takes is typically a combination of sort of an agreement, trust, respect between other people, but also the idea that what are you working towards? Sort of very clear lines in terms of deliverability um, and really a shared vision of where things want to go. So, you know, that's 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 my sort of prompt, my <laughs> talking about AI, my prompt uh, to you in terms of where this where the status of collaboration is. It's like people who collaborate better tend to get more things done. If you get more things done and you're doing the right things, you tend to move forward. Um, and we're in an environment today, which is a lot of do more with less. And the best way that you can do that is kind of collaborating with one another and getting things up. So that's my prompt. But you tell me where, what you think about collaboration. How does it touch your life today? What are you learning about it as you step into to a new, new leadership role? How are you thinking about it? You can go anywhere you want with it. But yeah, what's um, what do you what are you thinking about today in terms of collaboration? Yeah, I'm on the, I'm on the same page with you, Ben. I oh. think that it is collaboration is not the only way to get anything done, but I think it's the only way to get anything done sustainably and repeatably. Mm. You know, there's, uh, I'm, I'm guilty of this myself, that um, mindset of it's only going to get done right if, if I do it. Yeah. And, but that's, you know, that's a one way ticket to burnout. Mm. Um, so you have to force yourself into a collaborative mindset to get anything done repeatedly repeatably sustainably mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily the most efficient model but i think it's mm -hmm. the most proficient model mm -hmm. in terms of um it doesn't mean things happen the fastest because you collaborate especially when you say hey i forget all you i'm going to do this myself and get it done right mm -hmm. now but it is the most proficient way especially when you're um when your focus is on quality over quantity, uh -huh. you know, you want when, you, and that's, I, I preach this to my team all the time. It is not about the volume of uh -huh. work. And I tell this to our lawyers as well, especially when they say, Hey, I want to post this on LinkedIn. How yeah. often should I post? What days? I say, it's not about that. It's about we're prioritizing quality over quantity. Uh -huh. So if your emphasis is we want to do things right and really effectively, and maybe that doesn't mean it happens in 30 minutes. It happens, you know, the finished product is tomorrow. Uh -huh. That's great. That's much better than um, I'm going to put my headphones on, silo myself, bang this out right now. And it is what it is. So um, it is the way to do things in a way that prioritizes quality. Absolutely. Yeah. What, um, so let's get, um, let's get a little specific. Can you give me some, give me some vignettes about collaboration, let's say in the media relations space, let's put a little a meat on this sure. hypothetical bone. Sure. So, you know, when, for me, I think of law firms as an ecosystem. Uh, um, if you want to get stuff done effectively, like we just discussed, everybody's got to have a hand in it in uh, some way. And so sure, there are some one-off projects you can knock out yourself, but something that's like a high exposure um, product that many that you need to turn out really well, you can't, you really can't do that by yourself. So I'll give you an example. Um, about a month ago, 
Well, these new rules, these new uh, rules probably came out six weeks ago. The SEC put out new rules, I don't know, six, eight weeks ago. And that turned into a lot of thought leadership from law firms across the country, including our own. Um, and we decided we wanted to, instead of just uh, putting out one text-only legal alert or maybe one webinar that's one and done, uh, we wanted to do some kind of recorded video product um, that could really reach exactly the right people. Uh, and that requires a ton of collaboration, right? So that starts with our business development managers who are working directly with our SEC um, litigation group. Um, so they're, they're working with them to say, um, okay, wh what is logistically, what are we doing? We need to rent a space. We need to literally like rent a studio. Um, and we need to get the logistics in order of who's going to be there. Right uh -huh. now we got to fly everybody to New York, record this thing that brings in our Marcom team, our creative team. So we've got uh -huh. people blocking this whole thing. Make sure the lighting is right. Make sure the cameras are working. Right. And then once the content is done, um, that comes over to me, what are we going to do with this thing? Right. So, um, how do we make sure the right people see it? It's, this is really not on the lawyers. The lawyers are there to deliver their expertise, sure. but all the rest of us are all there to make sure this is that their expertise is delivered to the right people. So the video not only goes on our website, of course, it not only goes out in a targeted email to the right list of folks, but then we need to start thinking about external promotion. So how are we going to, what are we going to do with this thing on LinkedIn? So we pull multiple clips. We can post these clips individually. They're all going to link back to the website for the full video. And then we start thinking about targeting our audience. We have a great audience on LinkedIn, but they don't all care about new SEC rules and new regulations, right? So that's where a sponsored campaign comes in. And now I got to work back with the business development managers and the lawyers and say, okay, who is this audience? Who are, what are the job titles, the industries, the interests, the experience levels, the people we're targeting to see this thing. And it was, you know, to make my very long story a little bit shorter, it was a big success. You know, we, instead of just putting this on LinkedIn and hoping the right people saw it, right. we end up with like 30,000 people seeing it yeah. and something like 25,000 out of the 30,000 actually sticking around to watch the video, which is a right. ridiculously high That's conversion amazing. rate. That's you know, if you, if you just posted it, um, and hope that the small sector of your followers who care about the SEC regulations yeah. see it, you're going to get something like a 12%, you know, video view rate. Uh -huh. But we ended up getting a really high view rate because we segmented it to the right people. We made sure we target the audience that actually cares. So, you know, that's, that was such a collaborative effort, which also included external vendors because we don't own this studio and, you know, all of that. So, uh -huh. and it's probably the most high quality piece of thought leadership, particularly video thought leadership we put out all year. And it couldn't have happened without, I don't know, 40 people. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing vignette, really, honestly, end to end sort of collaboration many people basically just playing their specific role to really deliver something that had a major, major impact. You know, let me ask you something. It's a lot of this, a lot of this is project management. Collaboration is really a mindset and it's also kind of a, um, 
an agreement. And then there's this, there's the project management under level, which really sort of like drives this. Can you just to go very specific, but I think it would be valuable. You know, in this case, how many meetings did you guys have? How did you measure this? What kind of deadlines did you sort of put put forward? I mean, you know, basic project project management stuff, but the issue with everything is that it wasn't just one team. It's like six different teams, some right. of which you don't even pay. I mean, you pay, but you don't have direct control of it because it's, it's right. outside the thing. What's your thinking there? Can you unpack that a little bit in terms of, you, you, you get what I'm getting at. Yeah. To me, it all starts with the, the central question to all this is what is the goal? Exactly. And right. you have to start there. And you, you do sometimes have to remind the lawyers, we need to know what we're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. um, it's... Um, okay, you, you want to record, you want to host a webinar, you want to host this event, you want to put out this written content, whatever it is, what's the point? Um, and what is the business case for spending these otherwise billable hours on this thing? So we yeah. start there and then we start thinking about how do we accomplish that goal? I'm a spreadsheets guy, you know, to really drill down. Like I manage my life in spreadsheets. I manage like the TV shows I watch on spreadsheets. If I, if I miss a show, I'll put it in bold. Right. Yeah. So that's how I operate. Everyone doesn't operate that way. Sure. But I suppose that's, that's why you uh, <laughs> give the people who do the director roles. Exactly. Because, right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> to me, that is the only way to get it done. Yep. If we're not tracking all of this incredibly closely, I'll get hives. Like it, mm. I, I can't not do it. So yeah. How many meetings did we have? Um, we didn't have that many all hands on deck meetings, a couple, mm -hmm. but it was after that, when everybody kind of had their marching orders, it came down to really me checking in with what's going on with this and this and this, what's the status of this. And our, our CMO was involved in this. I mean, she was running point right. with the, uh, with the external company that was actually doing the video editing on this. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. So this was very much all hands on deck um, in terms of uh, the the overall production. I truly cannot take credit. Um, I can't take credit as as the maestro at yeah. all. Yeah. But from the promotion standpoint, I can. Um, just in terms of how were we going to present this externally? The production yeah. standpoint, it wasn't me. But um, yeah. how we manage what we do with the product was me. I hear you. Let me ask you, still staying with the idea of meeting, you know, there's always a feedback part of this. And this is just good business practices, but I sort of feel like it's also in driving a collaborative culture, there's always a lot of need to play back the results, play back what was the, what, what ended up how did everybody contribute to something that no individual could have sort of done by themselves? So the direct question is, did you guys have sort of like a comeback together all hands and be like, this was the result of our efforts. This is what we learned. This is what we didn't learn. Did you guys have this kind of, to use a fancy word, post-mortem, you know, post something, post wrap up? Because um, I just, I've, I've come to see that when, I, when you have a bunch of little people doing a bunch of little things and all working together, you know, it might you have to piece it all together for everybody in terms of this was right. greater than the sum of its parts kind of thing. And yeah. that really facilitates collaboration in, in this, in this sense. Um, did you guys do something like that similar? We, we did not have a, everybody get on zoom or everybody um, get in the same room post-mortem kind of thing, but we've had a series of 
communications and follow-up smaller meetings because yeah. of it. Right. So for example, I pulled the data from how this performed on LinkedIn. I'm able to report that back to our SEC section head and say, here's what we saw. Here's why it's so valuable to invest Mm -hmm. in what's ultimately a pretty cheap LinkedIn promotion because look at, let's segment the audience and look at who we actually reached compared to who we would have reached. So Mm -hmm. data reporting and, and beyond data reporting, how, what do we, how do we do this again? What would we do differently? So instead of renting a facility, uh, everybody fly to New York, we're actually looking at building our own studio in Dallas now because um, it's, there's, yeah, there's going to be interest from more lawyers to do this. There's always going to be new updates and regulations and you name it. There's going to be opportunities for this. We as a firm have three or four podcasts. So Mm -hmm. there's certainly a, there's an argument to be made. Those should be recorded in studio and not just uh, remotely. So the next steps are being developed based on this project and some were probably in the works beforehand, but um, yeah, it's, uh, it's not, it's certainly not a one and done. Um, yeah. And I think that's sort of a, you know, it's such a, it's really a, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's a cliche at this point, you know, like yeah. create once use a million yeah, times. Yeah. A million times. Yeah. Sure. Um, but we were certainly could have fallen victim to that, right? Mm-hmm. If we just sent these lawyers to New York, they recorded a thing, and then then what? So, it is the collaboration that made it not that. Yeah, let's um, let's shift for a second because you you know you laid out a vignette that was a really beautiful sort of uh, coming together delivered. I'm sure, however, it wasn't without its challenges, and there's yeah. always challenges. I mean, it's just human nature, you know, just, just trying to work together can be difficult because not everybody reads the newspaper in the same way, you know, and people hear one thing and you want to, so there's always, there's always baseline challenges, but there's also challenges specific to law firms whenever it comes to, well, what's in it for me? You're taking me away from, let's say billable work where in the world of time is money for lawyers. That's obviously always a challenge. There's, there's also, um, it's not politics, but it's just more like the idea of there's only an infinite amount of attention and infinite amount of resources. You know, if I do this, you know, maybe something else doesn't happen. There's just always a lot of look, it's just, it's just where we're, we're, we're in this situation and, and there's always going to be some, some, um, uh, some situations that arise that make things complicated. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about how you have found overcoming challenges? Uh, what's sort of effective ways to overcoming challenges or even, you know, what are the, what were, the, what were some of the challenges in this, in this previous sort of, um, SEC update ruling out, out, um, content sort of count, content campaign that sort of came out. Maybe you could take it any, any way that you want, but yeah. yeah, let's speak to the other side of the coin. Sure. Well, making change at a law firm is like turning the Titanic. Um, law firms are very institutionalized places where there are very old processes, uh-huh. um, and people who have been performing those processes or those duties sometimes for decades and creating ripples in those processes can be upsetting to people. And so I don't have good examples from 
this SEC video case necessarily, but just generally speaking, I lean into a few things. Data, Mm. hard data all the time. Yep. Present my case for why maybe we should do something differently Uh um, with data based on previous projects that I've worked on. Um, Also then vital to follow up after you've convinced somebody and say, hey, here are the results. You know, just just like I followed up with the SEC folks and said, here's why we should sponsor this LinkedIn post because look at the conversion rate. Right. Um, So that's one. Um, Empathy is huge. Sure. Um, And not from a manipulative standpoint, but Mm. truly being empathetic um, and understanding that a, maybe things will back up. I really hate the idea of this is the way we've always done X. So mm-hmm. that's how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. But I do try to step beyond myself and say, well, okay, I have this idea, but maybe there is a reason it's sure. always been done. Sure. Way. sure. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, right. And, and just understand that this person has their institutional knowledge decades mm-hmm. worth of it. And that I'm presenting new information that is upsetting the apple cart. And mm-hmm. um, you approaching that situation combatively rather than empathetically is probably not going to get you anywhere. Right. So you. there's that. And then, um, and I, I tell lawyers this all the time, um, particularly those who are uncomfortable with self-promotion, mm-hmm. um, lean into gratitude. Yeah. You know, after the fact, if something has been a success, um, remember you didn't do it on your own. Uh, um, uh-huh. You know, think it, the best way to um, brag about something you've accomplished is to thank those who helped you get there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's it's really those things. I mean, uh, you know, the the data part is about the business case. How do we make the business case for whatever this thing is? Uh-huh. But the the human part, the collaborative part, that's where empathy and gratitude come into it. Yeah, I totally hear you. I um, I learned something new. You know, it was a good formulation in terms of in terms of the gratitude and really thanking everybody. It's I think it also it also allows for people to sort of step into collaboration in a way if they can sort of see like you know we're we're doing it together it's all it's all not riding on anyone specifically we're we're moving this forward initially i think that also uh alleviates some of the pressure which is you know you you could work by yourself or you could be part of this you know you could be part of this boat and this boat is sort of going in this in this direction um and you know the successes are going to be ours and the failures are also going to be ours so you know it's a little bit of a it, it bluttons the idea of why collaboration is good in and of itself. But um, so, you know, that really resonates with me. I want to ask you, you know, I want to ask you one last question really about, you know, it's really the idea of the people who tend to work best for trying to institute more collaboration. You know, what's your thinking about you know, assembling the, let's say the A team or putting sort of things together or coming, you know, coming together, uh, with, um, with people, or I guess maybe just another way of saying this is there is always a small, easier, it's always easier to get a smaller group of people to do something than a larger group. And it's always people who are sort of more 
have more of a proclivity. How do you think about sort of the team and rolling this out and giving responsibilities and duties uh, to people who's making people responsible for different things? There's a whole there's a whole art and science to that sort of side of it as well. Yeah, you know, I was telling you, I'm building, rebuilding my team, have rebuilt yeah, my team now. Exactly. Um, and part of that, one of my new guys started in early September, one of them yeah. started early October, and we are really getting to know each other and what yeah. our strengths are. And so you can have preordained notions of what, based on the job description of what everybody does, but yeah. until you get people in the door and really see what they're good at, what they like, what makes them tick, you know, totally. this law firms are not an easy place to work. So the more we can keep people happy by giving them work that they actually yeah. enjoy, yeah. um, the better. So I do believe that figuring that piece out, the who does what, and yeah. how do you, right. um, how does everybody actually contribute to this ecosystem? It really takes time. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's something that you can just design by yourself. Uh, bring to the group and say like, here's the, here's the roadmap. Yeah, it really takes right. time. I, um, I actually bought my team, this skills assessment book, uh, 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 which was, was uh, published by Gallup. I wish I could remember yeah. the name of it. Strength finder, strength finder, yeah. strength it's finder. Right here. Wait, it's right here. Strength finder. Two strength fire. I got, I took that one. That's, that's the one I did. Yep. <laughs> and so, uh, we, we've been honestly too busy to even do it, but uh, it came highly recommended. And I really, yeah. I plan to have my team do it because, um, I'm not really interested in just like, I'm not interested in, this is the way we've always done it. Like I'm not yeah. super interested in here's the way we thought this was going to work. It really has to align with what are your skills? What are, what do you prefer to do? And, and, you know, it can also help at that, through that process, we'll take a look at people's weaknesses and yeah. shore those up as well. Uh, you know, my, the, our new comms manager is a uh, former television reporter. His name's William Joy. He actually just won an Emmy for uh, best reporter in Texas. So what? Uh, shout yeah. out Will. <laughs> yeah. So like, right as he leaves journalism and comes over <laughs> to us, he's, he's winning Emmys, but um, <laughs> you know, he is uh, incredibly well connected um, yeah. in in the journalism field and, and our, uh, our communications specialist who joined us, he was, he came from PR uh, at the Dallas Mavericks. And, um, so he doesn't have the network of, of reporters and editors that William has. And so those guys are going to learn from each other. And, and, um, and I'm sure that Dave brings skills from working every day with high profile athletes like Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic, um, that, you know, he can help instill in William, you know, that's just like working with some of our most important lawyers and yeah. their specific needs. Um, and so these guys are going to learn from each other. Um, and hopefully I can chime in along the way as well. Yeah. But this is a really long way to answer your question, which is you can't prescribe these things. Um, uh, but over time, you do find your team's skills and foster them. And I hope that over time, when we're designing some collaborative processes, I'll actually be able to put people in, in positions, um, to perform their duties that maybe it didn't come up in the strengths finder. Right. So yeah. that were, you know, challenge you to stretch a little bit and say, yeah. okay, I know you're really good at this and you're really good at this, but let's flip it this time. Cause you need mm. to learn how to do the other thing. So nice, nice, easy, 
you know, it's easier in a smaller group, right? Than when you're trying to do something with 30, 35 people. Um, Those are probably the times when you say, hey, you're my star at this. So this is what you're going to contribute to. But within my team, at least, I I do hope to to challenge in my people and, and get them to, you know, stretch what they're good at. Yeah. Well, for what it's worth, I think you're on the right track saying all the right things. I think uh, the strength finder do putting it down. It's easier said than done. I'm sure everybody out there who manages people can resonate with this. This is one of the hardest jobs in the world. Um, yeah. definitely, but, um, but very rewarding, you know, at the same time, when you see people really stretch and fulfill their goals and really put themselves, it's, um, it's fantastic when you get the chance. And I've had the opportunity to talk with mentors, uh, people who have managed hundreds of thousands of people in their career, you know, and they say at the end of the day, you know, it's fulfilling when one person goes on and comes in in an intern and 15 years later, she's the CMO at something, you know, right. just this career path and knowing that this was part of it. Um, it's incredibly, incredibly fulfilling. Now, just imagine if that's the case over hundreds of thousands of people, that must be, that must be really incredibly fulfilling in a way. Dude, this was a great conversation. I really sort of feel like we like hit a nice balance between, you know, vignettes and in terms of how collaboration could happen and putting out a great campaign all the way to just assembling the team. We didn't, you know, there's so much that we could go into incentives and structure and comp and, oh my God, all of these kinds yeah. of like different things. But um, at the end of the day, I really feel like if you have you know, if you have a motivating story and you're putting people in positions to succeed and enabling them, a lot of the other things tend to tend to um, um, and the right people, you know, and the right people having the right people working on this, it, it tends to be that like, most of it, it's going to work out more, more so than not. But um, yeah, let's wrap up here, I guess. Tell us about the next, uh, what, what you got going on for the rest of the year? Any 2024 stuff? Yeah, give us a, give us a forecast out to the, in the next next quarter and stuff. Well, first and foremost, uh, to you know, sort of uh, give up when we're recording this, we got Thanksgiving in two days. Yeah, so yeah. I'm thinking about that more than anything. Um, <laughs> Yeah. What's what's right. the peak, menu? Yes, yeah, yeah. Pecan pie. Pecan pie always. All day, yeah. every day. Yeah. You, know. you know, the end of, I find the end of a year at a law firm, you never really know what you're gonna get. Sometimes mm-hmm. when you get into December it's it's very sleepy. Um every everybody's um thinking about other things with the holidays around. And then sometimes it's not that at all. No. Especially in like the business transactions department where totally. deals have to close by the end of the year. Yeah. And that so we just don't really know what we're gonna get, right? So yeah, um, totally. you know, part of me is like fingers crossed for a sleepy December, <laughs> but yeah, right. We'll right. see. And then <laughs> uh we got a lot of big news for the firm coming up in twenty twenty four. Some yeah. uh we have some existing offices that are moving. We're thinking about expanding into different markets. Yeah. Um, you know, with some of the areas of our work that are popping off, like our AI lawyers, our yeah. life sciences lawyers, with what's yep. going on in pharma. I mean, um, we are going to continue to be incredibly busy. So, um, yeah. looking forward to it. The world keeps turning somehow. I don't know what happens, but you yeah. know, I go to bed and it seems like a whole a whole hell of a lot that happened every single every single night. I wake up every single day, but um, yeah, it's all good. Well, listen, thank you so much for sitting down with me. Really appreciate it. We're gonna have you on again. Uh, check in on you. You're probably one of our regular guests now, but uh, it's been really great. Thanks so much. Yeah, sounds good. Let's do it again. 
All right. Thank you, everybody. And if you like this podcast, like, subscribe, comment, all of that kind of stuff. It helps us know what's uh, what's cool, what you guys are interested to. And uh, yeah, check out the other um, episodes. We've had so, 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 so many. I can't believe it's part of my job. Um, that's what, uh, this is my little payback for living in spreadsheets, just like that Jacob does most of the time. But every now and then they let, they let me out and they let me talk to some people. And uh, it's, it's, it's a good time. So thank you so much, everybody. And thank you so much, Jacob Bourne. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Ben. See y'all.